Welcome to this episode of the From Sunday to Sunday podcast, a ministry of Rock of Hope Church and Pastor Aaron, designed to help the listener apply the scriptures in a meaningful, concrete, practical way throughout the week. The basis for the content of each episode comes from the weekly preaching passage at Rock of Hope Church and the associated psalm used for the congregational reading, which for the week of May 16th, or Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, and Psalm 67. Therefore, the listener might find it helpful to pause the podcast at this point and read these passages before continuing. The title for this week's episode is Empowered by the Indwelling Spirit. And may we be a people, as God's people, who live empowered by the indwelling Spirit of God. Let's pray together toward that end as we enter into this podcast episode. And this prayer comes adapted from two devotional prayers in the Valley of Vision titled God the Spirit and the Spirit's Work. And I will read this in the first person plural, changing the eyes to we's. But if you desire to go back and pray through this prayer yourself, just pray in the first person singular as though you're praying these things for yourself. O Lord God, we pray not so much for graces as for the Spirit Himself, because we often feel His absence and act by our own Spirit in everything. Give us not weak desires, but the power of His presence, for this is the surest way to have all His grace. And when we have the seal, we have the impression also. He can heal, help, quicken, humble suddenly and easily, can work grace in life effectually, and being eternal, He can give grace eternally. O God, the Holy Spirit, Thou who dost proceed from the Father and the Son, have mercy on us. When Thou didst first hover over chaos, order came to birth, beauty robed the world, fruitfulness sprang forth. Move, we pray Thee, upon our disordered hearts. Take away the infirmities of unruly desire and hateful lust. Lift the mist and darkness of unbelief. Brighten our souls with the pure light of truth. Make it fragrant as the garden of paradise, rich with every goodly fruit, beautiful with heavenly grace, radiant with rays of divine light. Fulfill in us the glory of the divine offices. Be our comforter, light, guide, sanctifier. Take of the things of Christ and show them to our souls. Through thee may we daily learn more of his love, grace, compassion, faithfulness, beauty. Lead us to the cross and show us his wounds the hateful nature of evil, the power of Satan. May we see there our sins as the nails that transfixed him, the cords that bound him, the thorns that tore him, the sword that pierced him. Help us to find in his death the reality and immensity of his love. Open for us the wondrous volumes of truth in his it is finished. Increase our faith in the clear knowledge of atonement achieved, expiation completed, satisfaction made, guilt done away, our debt paid, our sins forgiven, our persons redeemed, our souls saved, hell vanquished, heaven opened, eternity made ours. O Holy Spirit, deepen in us these saving lessons. Write them upon our hearts that our walk may be sin-loathing, sin-fleeing, and Christ-loving. And suffer no devil's device to beguile or deceive us. Amen. Well, when the Spirit of God attends to a person, fills them, and dwells them, effects follow His presence. When the Holy Spirit came upon the 120 disciples at Pentecost, effects followed His presence. Initially, the disciples heard the sound of His arrival, 
the sound of a violent, powerful wind. In addition, the disciples witnessed tongues as of fire descending and resting upon each one. Finally, disciples began to speak in every regional language and dialect of all the peoples gathered in Jerusalem on that day. The Holy Spirit did not arrive unnoticed or without effect. The arrival of the Spirit does not always come with the same effect or visible manifestation. Luke never again records that tongues as of fire descended upon the arrival of the Spirit. And he only records that the Spirit gave the ability to speak in other languages on two other occasions, and this upon small groups of the disciples. However, the arrival of the Spirit always corresponds to some effect in the people who experience the presence and filling of the Spirit. On other occasions in Acts, Luke records that the Spirit simply caused the disciples to proclaim the Word of God with boldness, for example, in Acts 4.31 and 13.9. In this case, the effect of the arrival of the Spirit gave boldness in speaking of Jesus and His accomplished works. Of course, one of the primary missions of the Spirit is to empower the people of God for mission, to proclaim the good news of Jesus to all peoples, even to the ends of the earth. The appearance of the tongues as a fire and the ability of the disciples in that moment to speak in the dialects of the gathered people portends the gospel being proclaimed through the words of God's people to the people of every language on the face of the earth from generation to generation. Alongside the effect of proclamation, the Spirit also brings the effect of godliness or conduct in living that accords to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And bold proclamation and righteous living are not two unrelated effects of the Spirit, but rather particular effects of the same work of the Spirit to bring people into conformity with the Lord Jesus Christ. And people indwelled by the Spirit experience the effect of living like Jesus or unto Jesus, toward Jesus, for Jesus, in word and deed, in declaration and demonstration. We, ex we proclaim Jesus as Lord and His righteousness as salvation, and in all our conduct we conform to that truth. And this effect comes from the Spirit. He gives all righteousness in word and deed, in speech and conduct, in declaration and demonstration. So let's apply this. How does one live in the power of the Spirit? To some extent, the effects of the Spirit are independent from the volition of man. The disciples gathered together on Pentecost did not exert any action that influenced the arrival of the Spirit, the visible appearance of the tongues as a fire, nor of the ability granted by the Spirit to speak in other dialects. In addition, Paul calls the conduct in accordance with the righteousness of Christ the fruit of the Spirit. That is, righteous conduct is something produced by the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of Holiness. However, throughout the Scriptures, we read of command after command imploring people to carry out some particular action, to do this, to carry out that. So how does one live in the power of the Spirit? We find the answer, at least perhaps the beginning of the answer, in the state of the disciples when the Spirit arrived. When the Spirit arrived, the disciples were devoted together to prayer, waiting upon the Lord for Him to bring His promised Spirit. You can see this in Acts 1, verse 14. Effectively, in that act of prayer and waiting upon the Lord, they were yielded to the Lord, ready and available to Him. And this accords with what we read throughout the Scriptures and the connection between the Spirit of God working in His people. 
Consider perhaps Paul in Romans 6, 13 through 16, where he speaks of a person presenting themselves as an instrument of righteousness to God. Or Galatians 5, 16 through 25, where Paul speaks of living by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, and keeping in step with the Spirit. And in both cases and other cases where we see the Spirit of God conducting the life of a person, the imagery suggests a person yielded to God, ready and available to God, ready to do His purposes. So what can we put into practice this week in order to live full of the Spirit? First, begin each day with a prayer of submission, actively surrendering yourself to God's desires and looking to understand what He wants to accomplish in you that day, and then availing yourself to God's direction. Be yielded, ready, and available to Him, and begin this by prayer. Second, as you go about the day, reorient yourself to the Lord through prayer. Don't just begin the day yielded to the Lord, but continue to bring yourself back to that yielded state. Now, the prayer offered earlier from the Valley of Vision offers perhaps some helpful phrasing that you might use. Third, read a passage or two about the effects of the Spirit upon a person. What does God work by His Spirit in the person yielded to the Spirit? Consider Romans 6, verses 11 through 17, or Ephesians 5, 19 through 21, Galatians 5, 16 through 25, or perhaps consider all of Romans chapter 12 through 15 for a longer passage. And then fourth, finally, engage in Christian fellowship with the expectation that God will use the fellowship to help keep you in step with the Spirit and encourage you to continue in alignment with the Spirit. The Christian life cannot be accomplished apart from meaningful Christian fellowship. And Christian fellowship is not merely hanging out or spending time with another Christian. Christian fellowship involves benefiting from the prayer and encouragement of the Word that incurs in conjunction with Christian fellowship. So spend time with other Christians, but intentionally involve yourself in the ministry of the prayer and the Word, encouraging one another and receiving encouragement and reorientation to the Spirit of God. And as we practice these things, may we live lives empowered by the Spirit of God in all things. Grace and peace.